Hey guys, welcome back to Delving Into the Cold. This is Dee. Um, as I mentioned earlier, if you follow me on social media, this week we're doing a special episode about the Manson family. Um, I'm going to go into more detail about the members themselves than I am about the murderers because I feel like there are just innumerable amounts of um, information about the murders themselves and uh, I just kind of want to give a little bit of backstory into the people that committed them and maybe um, you can see what led up to it. So without further ado, let's just get into it. Alright, obviously we're going to start with Charles Manson himself. Um, he was actually born Charles Mills Maddox. Um, his mother had him with a man with the last name Maddox, and then she married the Manson man, and I think she put him as Charles's father. Or he later adopted Charles. I'm not sure, but um, he was not originally Charles Manson. Uh, he was born on November the 12th, 1934, in Cincinnati. Um, and you know, he was a smaller guy, but he had a big personality. He was loud. He wanted to be seen. He wanted people to know about him. Um, he was an, a habitual offender even from a young age. He did, you know, a lot of thieving and burglary. Um, and he also was a singer-songwriter. Uh, now, he formed the quote-unquote family in 1967. Um, and he was believed by the family to be the embodiment of Jesus. Um, he was married and divorced twice, and he has two children and one suspected child. Um, and I think just something that we need to get out, on, out into the open right now is he never physically murdered anyone. That doesn't mean that he's not responsible for the murders. That doesn't mean that he's not, you know... A bad guy that just means that he never physically murdered him. Um, he died in 2017 from colon, sorry, colon cancer that caused cardiac arrest and respiratory failure. He was 83 when he died and he was still in prison. Okay so that's Charlie himself um, and That's kind of a lot of small facts about him, and I get that. There's not a lot of detail um, into his, you know, habitual offender status and the earlier crimes that he committed. And I think that's just because he was so young and he moved around a lot. And um, I think it was just one of those things where it's not talked about very often because it doesn't seem by most people to be that important to his quote-unquote story. The next person we're going to talk about is Tex Watson. He was born Charles Denton Watson Jr. on December the 2nd, 1945 in Farmersville, Texas. 
Um, and from what I could find, he seemed to be a generally likable guy. He seemed kind of like the boy next door. Um, but unfortunately, in the late 60s, he got involved in the psychedelic and musical lifestyle, which led him to Manson. Um, he met Manson uh, through Manson's girls, quote-unquote. Um, and he was heavily involved in the Tate and LaBianca murders. Um... He cut the phone lines on August the 9th and killed a passerby to keep him from being a witness. And then he killed Sharon Tate, um, Abigail Folger, and I do not know how to pronounce this person's first name, so I'm just going to go with Krakowski. Um, and then on August the 10th, he killed Lino LaBianca. Okay, Susan Atkins was born May the 7th, 1948 in San Gabriel, California. She was known by the family as Sexy Sadie or Sadie Mae Lutz. She was married twice and had one child. Um, and the weird thing about it is, and you'll hear this about a lot of these people that are in the family, um, she was known to be a shy child. She was quiet and reserved and just really didn't want to, you know, be seen. But she met Manson um, in 1967 and ended up going on a road trip with him after she became home homeless. On October the 7th, 1968, she gave birth to a son, but unfortunately she lost custody of him after her conviction. Well, I mean, I guess kind of fortunately for him. And he was later adopted and renamed, and so we don't know what happened to, I believe his name was Bruce. Um, in 1969, she began dealing drugs for Manson. She helped kill Gary Hinman, who we'll talk about later, for money, and she did participate in the Tate LaBianca murders. She died of brain cancer in prison on September the 24th, 2009. Um, and at that time, she was the longest-serving female offender in the state of California. Okay, the next person I'm going to discuss is Patricia Krenwinkle, who was born on December the 3rd, 1947, in Los Angeles. Um, and as a kid, she had an endocrine problem, and so she was bullied for her weight and for the amount of hair that she had because of that problem. Um, she had low self-esteem, and she was shy and reserved. Um, she actually considered becoming a nun, and she taught cate catechism at one point. Uh, and she went to Spring Hill College, which is a Jesuit college, to study religion. And she ended up dropping out and coming back to Los Angeles, where she moved in with her sister and became a processing clerk. She met Manson in 1967, and the first day she slept with him, and she said that he was the first person to ever call her special or beautiful, and that meant something to her because she was so bullied as a child. So she immediately left everything behind to go with him to San Francisco. Um, the family called her Katie. And unfortunately, she became heavily involved in sex and drugs, and 
and she um, met Dennis Wilson, who's a member of the Beach Boys, with um, another member of Manson's family, and he liked them so much that he let them move into his home. While he was gone over the weekend, she invited Manson and the rest of the family in, and it became their crash pad for a while until he kicked them out because they were causing him financial struggles. Uh, that's when they moved to Spawn's Ranch, which is in the um, San Fernando Valley. And uh, Patricia became like the mother to the family. She took care of the children. And she also became um, Manson's most devoted follower. She worshipped the ground that he walked she is currently the longest serving female inmate in The next person we're going to talk about is Linda Kasabian, who was born on June 21st, 1949 in Maine. Um, and as a child, she was shy, but she was known to be a dreamer. Unfortunately, she didn't get a lot of attention because of family issues. Um, and those issues caused her to run away at the age of 16. She was then married twice and birthed two children. Um, and she was introduced to Manson by a friend, by the wife of her friend, her husband's friend, uh, Gypsy Cher, who, um, his real name is Catherine, but everyone called her Gypsy. Um, now it's crucial that you know that Linda never killed anyone. In fact, she was horrified by what happened and ended up fleeing, uh, fleeing from the family and she returned home. And um, when all of this came out, she turned herself in, she testified for the prosecution, and she got immunity because again, she didn't kill anyone. Um, some other family members obviously exist, but these were the ones that were the quote-unquote major players in the murders. A few more notable ones are Leslie Van Houten, Catherine Scher, Mary Bruner, and Lynette Palm, who's known, I believe, as Squeaky, I think is her name. Um, but they're not as crucial to the cases as the people that I just I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the murders that were committed, and there were other crimes that were committed as well, such as um, there was a shooting, the guy did not die though, and obviously there was a lot of drug dealing and um, assault and things of that sort, but these were the murders that were committed. Gary Hinman was murdered in Topanga, California um, on July the 27th, 1969. They held him for two days, torturing him, um, and eventually, uh, you know, they shot and stabbed him to death, and he was killed for money. Um, probably the most notable set of murders is the Tate murders, which happened on August the 9th, 1969, to Sharon Tate, who was Roman Polanski's wife. She was also heavily pregnant at the time. Jay Sebring, Wash Tech, and I'm probably saying that wrong, I'm sorry. Frakowski, Abigail Folger, and Stephen Parent. Now, these murders were led by Tex Watson. He was the one that was in charge of this crime scene. Um, and this also, I believe, that list that I just gave you does not account for the person that was killed. Um, 
No, I'm sorry, yes it does, because I listed Stephen Parent. Stephen Parent was the passerby that was killed by Watson before the Tate murders actually happened. Um, and the murders consisted of beating, stabbing, and shooting. The next night, on August the 10th, 1969, also in Los Angeles, um, the LaBiancas, uh, Lino, and Rosemary were murdered. They were also shot and stabbed. Manson was present for this one. He didn't physically do anything, but he was present. Watson was there, Van Houten, and uh, Krenwinkle. Now, Van Houten did stab Rosemary, but she did so post war. And those are the murders. And I should mention, too, at all of these crime scenes, there was political agenda written in, on the walls in the victim's book. Um, the trials took place in L.A. County, and the trial was known as the People versus Charles Manson et al. Um, Charles H. Older was the judge. The trial began on June 15, 1970. There were seven counts of murder and one count of conspiracy for Kasabian, who again got, got immunity, Manson, Atkins, and Krenwick. Leslie Van Houten was charged with two counts of murder and one count of conspiracy because she was only present for the LaBianca murders. Uh, at one point, Manson Action was his own attorney, and it was it was a circus, basically. The family disrupted the trial constantly. All members were found guilty and sentenced to death. Um, I did not mention Tex in that count, but he was also obviously convicted. Um, he was found guilty and he was sentenced. Um, and you know, this, this group of people is still so ingrained in our culture that it's taught in criminology school. Um, I learned a lot about it while I was in college for criminology. Um, and it's also really big news, pop culture-wise. If you're a fan of Mindhunter, um, Without spoiling anything, there's Charles Manson. Um, there's dealings with him in the second season. Um, and, I mean, he did die fairly recently, two years ago. So, I mean, it's still kind of fresh for people because he's one of those people who was not quiet even though he was in prison. He always had something going on. He was always, you know, talking with his quote-unquote fans. He even married one of them. It was a whole thing. Um, that's all I've got for you. I know that this is a bit of a longer episode and that I did not get into a lot of detail on the murders themselves, but again, I kind of wanted to give you background information on the members, and I wanted you guys to see that if you look at the members themselves, it's easy to see that Manson manipulated them. They were, you know, shy, quiet, um unloved basically young people and Manson picked up on that and he victimized them and he made them think that you know he loved them and that he worshipped them and they in turn worshipped him and wanted to please him because they didn't want to lose that face. And that will definitely mess with your head. Alright guys, stay safe, stay curious.